hello everyone and welcome back welcome back my name is joe aka joe the wellness curator and this is the obsidian mindset podcast where we are redefining what wellness means to you this is episode five my journey to finding community home and myself so let's jump right into it with our quotes and affirmations all right so as y'all know this is not a surprise by now. I like to start each day off with the right, start each day off right personally with a meditation or quote or affirmation. Like I stated before, it really is just to set the vibe. Hello, starting the morning. Um, to me, usually whatever I say in the morning, whatever I state in the morning, usually comes up throughout the day, or it's something that I usually will need to use the affirmation or quote to get through something. Cause you know, life just be life and things be happening. You just need to give yourself that little, mm, the little um in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening. Um, so today's affirmation is my tribes and communities are an extension of me and I will nurture them as I will nurture myself. One more time. My tribes and communities are an extension of me and I will nurture them as I will nurture myself. So I really want you to continue breathing in and out. Just be present for a second. Like I said, this time is for you. Just stay with me for 30 seconds. I know you have the option to fast forward this or turn it off. But give yourself 30 seconds to be here and be present. Because this is for you too. So take a deep breath in for four out for four relax unclench your jaw plant your feet down on the floor feel grounded wherever you are relax your shoulders relax any tension that you feel in your body that you might not even notice you were harboring or have I want you to follow your breath Inhale for four, exhale for four. Now let's say this affirmation again one more time. The tri my tribes and communities are an extension of me and I will nurture them as I will nurture myself. I want you to continue to breathe, follow your breath, respect your breath. Really think about what the affirmation is saying. As you breathe in, think about who you consider your tribe or community. Is it your birth family or is it your chosen family? Is it a group of friends, a religious organization or group, or a group of like-minded people? Breathe in again. Who do you get to pour your love, your energy, and your joy into? Who do you get to receive love and energy and joy from? Who do you get to nurture as if an extension of yourself? Even now as we're breathing, I'm breathing with you. We're breathing as a tribe, as a community. Even if it's just virtually and at different times, we're doing this together. This is a space where we can breathe and love and rejoice and heal as a community. You get to have this space and you get to pass it on to others that you might consider your tribe and your community. 
So again, inhale for four, exhale for four, and really take a second to think, what does community look like for you? What does community feel like for you? See it, be with it, feel it. Inhale for four one more time. Exhale for four. And thank you again for being with me. Thank you for staying with me. So now that we're grounded, let's talk about the next dimension of wellness, social wellness. So what do I mean by that? Does this mean that I have to talk to people in the gym? Because I don't know if I want to do that. (laughs) No, social wellness refers to the relationships we have and how we interact with others. Our relationships can offer support during difficult times. This includes building healthy, nurturing, and supportive relationships, as well as fostering a genuine connection with those around you. Conscious actions are important in learning how to balance our social life with your personal and professional lives. It also includes balancing the unique needs of a romantic relationship with other parts of your life. So I know there's a lot we could talk about with that one section. Social impacts so much of our well-being, right? But today, just based off everything that's going on, I just wanted to really touch on one specific area. So I am sure every episode I have mentioned collectivism. um, And this episode... I really want to tap into what it means to be a part of a community or tribe. I think if there's one thing in this last year of the pandemic that we have learned or has shown us is that we as humans need other people, period, point blank. We need tribes. We need communities, whether in person or virtually. On the flip side, I can honestly say, or if I'm really going to be honest and, uh, you know, The constant killing of unarmed black men and women and children really has taken a toll on me. And it's really been, I I have been really reflecting a lot on what community and collectivism means, right? Um, And I just, I I need to take a quick second just to really say rest in power, sorry, to Dante Wright, because you should be alive right now, right? Um, rest in power to Adam Toledo because you, my child, should be alive, right? Rest in power to those who have died or have been injured in one of the, I believe we're up to 147, if not more, mass shootings that we've experienced in the U.S. in 2021 alone because they should also be alive or not injured, be fully well and here. Um, And even if I take a second to think about my parents' homeland of Jamaica, and this rhyme, this rise of crime and gang violence and violence against our women. Again, women and children, again, I'm thinking about community and collectivism. And when I say community, I don't even just mean the people that might identify directly as a part of that community. But I'm also talking about allies or people that reflect or people that are influenced by the groups. Right? Hell, we're all human. Right? These are humans. We are all on this floating rock as humans trying to live to our higher purpose together. We honestly all have skin in the game. We really have an abundance of resources, and yet we are constantly seeing what scarcity looks like on a daily basis. We are constantly seeing what individualism looks like. And let me just say now, I'm not on a perch. I'm not on my pedestal looking down. 
um, as if I've given up all individualism and individualistic pursuits, right? Because I still have goals for myself. And I don't think having individual goals or individualistic pursuits are inherently bad. But I think like anything else in life, when you take something to an extreme, even if it's something that's good, it can end up being bad, right? So I ask you, what are you doing or what are we doing for each other? So let's get back to collectivism. And by definition, it is the practice or the principle of giving a group priority of each individual in it. And I think what collectivism means to me is, and you know, I don't see it as the antithesis to individualism. Like to quote Maladoma Somme, her book, Ritual, Power, Healing, and Community, the individual can finally discover within the community something to relate to. Because deep down each side of each of us is a crave for an honoring of our individualism. And I think this really touched on, like, I actually see collectivism as a space where we can honor, practice, and fine-tune our individualism, right? Uh, This is the playground for individualism with each other as humans. This is where we get to come together and exchange our ideas, our experiences, and our views to elevate our individual. This is where we get to to elevate our communities and our tribes in the process, It is a space where we can sharpen our tools in our toolbox while also lending and borrowing tools from others. We don't need to give up our individuality. Like I said in the financial wellness episode, you know, America, similar to a lot, I don't want to just single out America, but a lot of civilizations and countries as well, but specifically in America, because that's what I know. It is like we encourage and we reward individualism a lot more, whether explicitly or implicitly. But if we're going to survive, We really need to push back on this notion and we really need to start internally, one by one, person by person. We need to start locally. We need to start small because honestly, we can't do this alone. We can't do this ourselves. Community is living. Community is knowledge. Community is love. Community is healing. So with that, let's get down to our next segment of Deep Dive Questions. All right, y'all, let's get it. Um, So for this segment, I'll answer a prompt created by Obsidian. The prompts will consist of two questions. The first will be, you know, a lighter question or a question that will get us thinking. And then the second question will be a little bit deeper. It'll It'll give us a little bit more reflection. Um, and we get to explore a little bit more. Um, so these questions are for all of us. So uh, before we get, before I answer the questions, I'm going to give you a little time. I want you to go get a piece of paper, open up your note app or whatever you can just get to, to either say or write these things down, because I really want y'all to use this time to write down your thoughts, even if it's in a notes app, right? This should be a little bit of work. We're going to do the work together, y'all. All right, so go ahead. I'm here. I'm waiting. Go get your paper. Go open up the app. Let's do this, y'all. All right, y'all. You ready? All right, so today's deep dive questions are, 
Um, what does an equitable society look like to you? All right, so I'm gonna give you a few seconds and you'll just go ahead and answer them. Feel free to pause me and answer the questions. I really want you guys to realize these questions are here for you to think a little bit. Um, it might be a little uncomfortable, but I really want you all to start thinking. So that's the only way we can create some changes. And that's the purpose of Obsidian Mindset Podcast. Hello. Um, so for me, let me answer the question. Um, an equitable society is, there's a few characteristics. An equitable society is one, I think, of love and freedom, right? Um, it's one where we are collective and we're working together to make sure everyone is not merely surviving, but thriving. It's a society where we are acknowledging its blind spots and we're helping those that might have fallen in there. And, and you know, and they're, they're not seen as lesser than because they're there, right? We all realize that things happen, even if the perfect society, things happen. Um, and this society it's not worried about everyone being treated equal because that it's not about being treated equally to be treated equally to say that you can treat people equal, but rather you're looking at people's circumstances. You're looking at people's uh, situations. You're looking at their past and you're making sure that they have a chance to be whole and complete. It is a society where there is no poverty or racism, sexism, ableism, or any of the other isms. It's a society where everyone feels heard and taken care of without shame or guilt, right? We all deserve to live our fullest lives in an equitable society will give us the space and tools to make it a reality. So now we're going to go into the second question. Ready? So the second question is, how are you creating that and enacting that right now? So I'm going to give you all 20 seconds. Uh, Answer as much as you can, and let's get it. All right. Um, like I said before, if you didn't have enough time, feel free to press pause. My voice will be here when you press play again. Um, but honestly, what, so the question is, how am I creating or enacting this now? By this, I mean an equitable society. And I probably should have mentioned this before, so my apologies, but what is an equitable society? Basically, it's a society where that is fair and partial, period. That's pretty much what it is. Um, and like I said, it's not about being treated equally to be treated equally, because that might not necessarily be fair or impartial. Um, for me, I think that living that, to live that, you kind of have to be it, right? It's as much as an internal act, as much as it is an external want or world. We, we may not live in an equitable society now, but that doesn't mean I can't embody those traits and be the change that I want to see. I mean, look, this podcast, I think, is a key example um, I don't see it as me creating a podcast. Uh, I see it as me creating and fostering and emboldening a community, a community where people can be can feel seen and heard, 
not only in wellness, but pretty much any aspect of their lives. I, I make sure I am trying, I'm holding spaces for people and communities that don't feel seen or heard in wellness in the, in the mainstream. I, I'm speaking to those that may not feel included or feel like they've never seen themselves in, in, the, in that image or people that might not have the tools and are just confused and want to know what they have access to. Uh, because maybe society told them they don't deserve it or they don't look like they deserve it or they don't look like they need it. And, and you know, that. And, you know, it's just no one deserves to feel that way. A society that has said you need to figure it out first when you don't have your shit together and then maybe we'll help you. Right. A society that says, you know, you need to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and then maybe we can help you, right? I am, and I say a lot of this because I'm looking at America specifically, because that's what I know. And we are constantly as a country making strides. And yet in the same, literally within the same hour, slipping backwards, right? We are, we are at a place where we can lift our heads up proudly and said we elected Kamala Harris, our first black, our first South Asian, our first woman to be vice president of the United States. And in the same breath, say a country that is actively rescinding the ability of swaths of black and brown uh, people to vote. We're creating horrendous laws to make our transgender brothers and sisters seem like second-class citizens and continuing to chip at the autonomy of a woman's right to choose what's best for her body. And, you know, mostly by men. So, and all of this is happening within the span of weeks, if not days. And, you know, if you know me, I'm pretty sure you've heard me say that one of America's biggest flaws is, to me, the lack of empathy. And many, if not most of the flaws of America, I think can stem from that in some sort of way. Uh, we are we are so focused on self and getting mine and how do I, how do I get further myself that we can't step back and see how someone else is feeling or going through, how our past has caused issue to someone else and how are we going to remedy that? How are we going to bring that? How are we going to bring everyone forward together? We constantly hear people saying, I only realized how XYZ community felt because either like my daughter married a black man and they're not having a black child, right? Or my son came out gay or my neighbor was killed by gun violence or it wasn't until I got in an accident that I understood what it meant to have a disability. No, we shouldn't have to wait until someone is a part of our community or until tragedy happens within our community to have empathy. We should all be active participants in it. We should be trying to find ways to include everyone in our community before we get to these extremes. We need to make sure that we are nurturing our community and tribes as we're nurturing ourselves. That is how we create an equitable future. All right, so boom, we set our affirmations, we laid the groundwork, we answered a few questions. So let's gather around and let's talk about my journey around tribes and communities. So, yeah, you know, as long as I can remember, I have always considered myself introspective and introverted. 
I have been the type to, you know, just buckle down, lock myself in a room or, you know, in my head and just figure things out myself. I grew up the youngest child, uh, but because of a 17 year age gap between me and my next sibling, I didn't really grow up in the typical dynamic uh, with other kids in that aspect. And on top of that, I was low-key socially awkward. I was overweight and confused about my identity, which includes sexuality. And, you know, I figured, well, I'll just figure this all myself, you know. And whatever this was, whatever this was, I was going to figure it out myself. Um, and this pretty much continued throughout college. Uh, yes, I did play sports and it was a part of I was a part of teams and ugh, group projects. Hated them, still do, but whatever. Uh, and, <laughs> but I did my part in whatever those projects were, or whatever those teams were, and I just kept it moving. Um, I can say I never really understood the true purpose or intention of being in a group or community. Uh, I usually did what I had to do to check the boxes and just kept it moving. For example, in college, I was a part of a business frat. I was a part of a business org. I was a part of a few clubs. But even those felt like I did it for a purpose of either landing a job or networking or meeting people. Um, and to be honest, we're also talking about the free pizza. Hello. Yes, that was me. Um, I did go for the free pizza. Don't judge me. Um, but, you know, don't get me wrong. Of all these orgs, you know, I did meet people. And there's some friendships that I've had for 15 years or longer and bonds and experience that I will never give up for anything. Um, and I'll never forget, but I can easily say at that time, and I'll give myself grace, but at that time, I didn't understand what it meant to be a part of something, to be a part of community, uh, and to be a part of something bigger. And, you know, this may be because I was, uh, I didn't want to be fully in anything. This may have been because I was, I only wanted to keep one foot in one foot out. I wanted to be able to go in and out as I pleased. I never wanted to be fully apart in fear of being fully seen, possibly. But either way, this continued until I would say I started my wellness journey. So for those that started their wellness journey, y'all know that that shit is hard to start. But baby, the process to continue and maintain it, she, it is hard, right? Um, you have your ups and you have your downs. Uh, I know for me, I did the first part of my journey pretty much without a larger community, I would say. Um, you know, I was on social media. I was on the Facebooks. And I was probably, I had like listened to posts. And I had my friends and family, of course. They were super, super, super supportive, of, as, as I've been saying throughout this podcast. Um, but I think it was when I would say when I started doing races, running races, that changed me a lot. Uh, so I joined a running group. My first running group was Black Men Run. And I remember meeting in Prospect Park in Brooklyn and running with the black men in the park. And I think that was really dope to be a part of a group, right? It was super empowering. Um, it was super dope to be uh, running races as a collective and representing something bigger. And I think it was amazing to achieve my personal goals as well as cheering others on their personal goals as well. And then I joined another group called Lean Strong Fast. And that was where we focus a little bit more on being like athlete, uh, elite athlete and, you know, striving for your best as an athlete. Um, another group that was mostly black people. Once again, it was amazing to be a part of a group that were like minded people where I can either complain about running 16 miles in the morning um, or for training for a marathon. Or I could talk about splits and pacing and uh, running sneakers and, you know, whatever without being judged or people that actually understood the language I was talking about. Um, 
And although I'm not active members for either group, I would say I learned a lot about myself while in them. I learned a lot about uh, that you can't do wellness alone, in my opinion, um, that it works better with a community uh, and you learn a lot more. But I also learned that I learned what environments for me that I do and don't thrive in. I learned that, you know, I learned a lot about using my voice and that was not just applicable in running groups. And it also started to move into other aspects of my life, like my professional life. Um, you know, I was, I'm an accountant, but it wasn't until the moment where I was a part of co-founding an affinity group for black employees at my old job called RBG, which stands for red, black, and green, which is the Pan-African flag, where with my ride or die, April, who, you know, just to take a second to plug her, she was actually the Obsidian March Obsidian March Community Member of the Month. So shout outs to her. Um, I love seeing her her journey through wellness. And she's been interacting with the Morning Accountability crew. So it's amazing to witness that. We'll talk a little bit about the Morning Ability, uh, morning Accountability crew a little bit later and how to get involved. But anyway, um, RBG was like the first time or a, I think it was my first big time of really community building. Um, and diving into community building. I was able to really shape environments and communities and policies while also learning a lot about myself and my voice and the power that that holds. I learned a lot about my blackness and the different dimensions of it and how it shows up in different spaces like corporate America. I learned how I can use my experiences and my story and my voices to invite people in to the community as well as creating a safe space within the community. So with all that said, this is while I'm doing my nine to five, so yes, it was a learning experience. Yes, it was work. Um, yes, it involved uh, teaching folks and holding spaces to learn, teaching folks about joy and what that looks like and to express frustration and to just be black in corporate America because that is just a lot. It's, whether we're in a pandemic or not, it was work. Um, but it was necessary work and I'm grateful for every second, second of it. I'm grateful for all the people I've met during it and the people I still talk to while in the process. Like I said, uh, it, it, it really was, it really taught me a lot about community and community building and how necessary my voice is, even if I didn't always acknowledge it at the time. And, you know, lastly, I think that necessity of community really came into my personal life. Um, as someone that identifies as introspective and introverted, again, I learned that I actually thrive in small groups, right? And as long as I consider it a safe space, as long as I consider it a space where I can be authentic and vulnerable without judgment. But I also learned that in order to have those spaces, that you also have to contribute to being that. You have to be authentic and vulnerable to create those spaces as well. So it's a weird duality of wanting to be it and also wanting to create it. Um, and lastly, I look into how community has attributed to changes in my own personal life, right? Um, as someone, like I said, that identifies as introspective and introverted, I learned that I actually thrive in small groups um, as long as I consider it a safe space, right? Um, as long as I consider that space where I can be vulnerable and authentic without judgment. But I also learned that in order to have those spaces, sometimes you have to be able to contribute to it by being that, right? Being that change that you want to see. And that's work too. Um, but I think there's also a fine line of you should be able to know when you want to do that. 
you shouldn't, you're not, you don't have, you're not obligated to do that in all spaces, right? You get to choose that. You get to be authentic and vulnerable to those that you want to. Um, and that's for, that's just in the aspect of keeping your peace, keeping yourself safe, right? There's, there's a, there's a fine line in doing that. Um, but either way, I really realized that um, by going to different groups and learning from different people and speaking more and expressing myself more, I was slowly but surely learning more and defining my individualism as I was, or my individuality rather, as I was tapping into that collectivism. Whether I was interacting with more black empowerment groups or think tanks and just learning more about what blackness and the dimensions of blackness means, whether we're talking about African-Americans or black people born in the U.S. versus Africans and and Caribbeans and just how it all melts together. Whether we're talking about the LGBTQ space and the square and the queer space spaces that I I'm learning and celebrating and existing in. And I, I, I saw a real shift starting to happen. And as I started to be with my intersectionalities of identity and I started to find and create my own safe spaces. So I'm learning all this and I'm learning to find my tribes and I'm learning to find my communities and I'm learning to find my safe spaces. And while I'm doing that, I'm not only finding my voice, but I'm finding my full self, right? My complete and whole self. And, you know, with and while I'm doing all this, I'm reading, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm listening to the YouTube videos and I'm getting all I'm getting a, I'm getting these tools, right? I'm adding these tools to my toolboxes. What do I mean by tools and toolboxes? I'm talking about um, my opinions, my views, my strategies, my tactics, my affirmations, etc., etc. So I have all these. I'm equipped. I'm ready. But do I know if they work or not? Right? I'm not implementing them. So do I know if they work? So. Um, what I do is now by going to my different communities and by speaking and sharing my experiences, I'm not only able to try them out, right? I can try out some of these tools, but I can also see if they actually work for me. And even better, I get to experience and learn about tools that other people are using. So while I'm interacting with people, I can start to either sharpen my own tools or I can borrow someone else's. I get to discover the tools that I'm reading in books that actually may not work for me. But it may work for someone else, and I can share that. But after speaking to someone that they have something that's tried and true, or they maybe they have a trial and tribulation that that resonates with me, I can gather from that. The exchange of tools and stories and knowledge is so key to ensuring our communities are healthy and that we're actually creating safe spaces, right? This creates and breeds a deeper understanding and a sense of empathy. There is a tool or a view that I might get from one tribe that I'm able to bring to another where there might be a blind spot. Uh, I'm able to use these tools, in this case, my voice, to create a stronger community. I'm able to share a view or experience that may not even have been considered just because of my point of view or perspective. If you, I'm about to get really nerdy, but if you think of it like a bee, as I'm traveling from one flower to another, I get to cross pollinate. I get to leave behind something that I gathered from another flower. Does that make sense? Is that too National Geographic? <laughs> but anyway, uh, don't get me wrong though. Like sometimes it's work. It's actually work, right? These safe spaces, sometimes you, you want to sit back, you want to celebrate, you want to let your locks down and just be free. Uh, or you you want to not rock the boat or turn up, and I think you 
you you're doing a disservice by letting that happen, right? Especially if you can tell or you know there's something off, or you know that someone's not being feeling included, or or someone being left out or misrepresented. Um, and if you know that there's additional work to be done, so what 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 do you do? Uh, so what do I mean by all this? So a perfect example is I was in a space with some friends and this was all men and we were enjoying ourselves and turning up and because of, because, you know, that's what I do. (laughs) Um, but someone made a comment and the misogyny and homophobia just jumped out. Um, and it was like, it was, it was a passing comment. And, you know, the old me, I think I would have just been, like, too scared to rock the boat or ruffle feathers. I would have been too much worried. I would have been worried too much about how I was portrayed. I would have been too scared to shift the festive mood. Um, And, again, that's creating a disservice, right? And, you know, maybe not to me directly, but it's a disservice to someone else, either to someone I love, someone that I may claim to be, that claim me to be an ally, or someone that may be, someone that's a brother or sister to me. I mean, it may even be a stranger, but we're all human. I had to address the comment there and then. Once again, I was able to use the tools that I've collected and have a discussion about why the comments weren't it and why we had to do better if we want to be better, right? And, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't a, the base of the tools that I had or received, I opened up the dialogue and it wasn't accusatory. It wasn't dismissive. It was really a conversation uh, because in community, the foundation of whatever we're saying, even if it's feedback, it's love, right? I'm not doing this to accuse you of something or call you something or look down on you. I'm doing it because I'm in this space. I'm sharing the space. I want to make sure the space is of healing and of love. And, you know, I think it resulted in something amazing, right? We were able to have a conversation that was bigger than the thing, than the initial, uh, the initial comment. And, you know, as a result, as a community, even though this was three or four of us, which is still a community, we are now wiser. We are now smarter. We are now safer. And now they have a new tool to use in their own respective communities. So if we go back to creating an equitable society, there are small changes that we can make, right? Whether it's with our family and our friends or our church or religious institutions, our barbershops, our salons. We get to create an equitable society wherever we go by shifting these communities to be safer and more inclusive and more equitable. We get to use our voice, even if we we aren't directly impacted. We get to create safe spaces everywhere we go for anyone to come in because we get to create these spaces like an extension of ourselves, right? We get to create healing in every space because these spaces and these communities are our home. And like any home... You want to be comfortable and not only for your guests, but especially for you. All right. So with that saying, being said, we're going to welcome the last segment of the episode, which is the action accountability prompt where we set the groundwork. We did the intentions. We did the deep reflections. We visualized a bit, but now it's time to get to action. Um, So let's see what ways we can improve our wellness one day at a time. So today's action prompt is participate in a group session, event, or meetup. Bonus points if it's a session or a topic that or a group that you aren't proficient in, uh, you don't have knowledge on, 
or do you don't know anyone? So just to note, this is 2021 and we are in a pandemic. So please be safe. Please be responsible. And also, not only in terms of space, but also mentally, please consider your safety in general, right? Keep your mind, make sure your mind is intact. Make sure you're feeling good. Don't go to these spaces if you feel like it's going to drain your energy. Make sure you're also going there full and ready to go. You don't need to enter a space if you feel like it's going to be a detriment to your sanity or safety space or your safe space. We want to stretch our limits, but we also want to protect ourselves and our inner peace. So take baby steps. And that might mean taking a friend with you. All right. All right. So let's wrap this thing up. Um, I have to go take care of myself. But thank you again for tuning in. It's been a blast. As I say, I'm big on collectivism. I mean, we just did a whole episode on it. So please subscribe to me or to us, to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, if you can, please rate or leave a review. I appreciate it. It also helps us create and grow this community as we spent this whole episode talking about. Um, and it also is a way for uh, help. It's another way to help people find the group and the community and help us grow. Also, feel free to share with your friends, your mama, your baby mama, your grandmama. Um, and because, you know, everyone deserves this work and everyone deserves a gem or two. Please feel free to follow me on my personal IG at Joe the Wellness Curator or the, pod, the podcast IG, Obsidian Mindset. And if you have any questions, comments, or you just want to talk a little ish, feel free to email me at joe at definedbyobsidian.com. Um, as I talked about before, as I mentioned, every weekday we do morning accountability crew known as Mac. Um, and this is just a little joyous, fun accountability session in the morning. So I know you, I already hear you asking, do I have to work out? And I'm like, maybe, <laughs> depends on you. Um, but for real, this is basically like I like to promote wellness is not just working out. Mac is about anything that you need to be focusing on in the morning to better your wellness, whether that's working out, studying, meditation, dancing or twerking, yoga, journaling, writing, um, praying or being spiritual. This is your time to do whatever you need to do to create a routine that is involving being better one day at a time when it comes to your wellness. So let's do this together. There are some more big things to come. There's some giveaways. So join us in the morning crew. Once again, congratulations to April for March's community member of the month. And we will see you guys in the morning. All right. So last, 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 last thing for real. Uh, just like I tell you every week, this is not a one man show. There's so much that goes on. You just might hear me, but there's so much going on behind the scenes. So I, let me give some special shout outs. Special shout out to Ayana, a.k.a. the A-League company for curating the amazing Fuego Fire playlist that y'all hear every episode. Um, please check them out on Spotify. Fire Fuego. Also, shout out to my niece, Maat aka Makita, who definitely helped me with the intro outro and some of the other sound effects as well as opulence house who helps with audio uh definitely check out dima who is or shout out to dima who has been helping with the illustrations for the podcast um they are so on point every week 
and shout outs to Sunday Group who has been helping with branding and strategy, as well as my larger Obsidian team. I really appreciate all of you guys. And once again, to my community, I appreciate all of you. Thank you for tuning in. And once again, I say this with the honor and I say this with love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for picking you today. All right, y'all. Peace out.